0: Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 20th of October. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1976 and we travel to Holland where the Dominican theologian Edward Schillebeck received a letter from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in the Vatican. They were asking him to come to Rome to explain his position on the resurrection of Christ after he had published a controversial book called in Jesus, an experiment in Christology in which he had appeared to question and to discard the historicity of Jesus' bodily resurrection. A belief in the resurrection, he argued, could only mean that the new orientation of living which this Jesus has brought about in their lives has not been rendered meaningless by his death. Quite the opposite. He was trying to make the point that the early Christian community had been transformed by something. But we couldn't say what that historically was. His theology continued to be controversial throughout the rest of his life. However, despite three separate investigations spanning over ten years, the writings of Schillebeck's were never condemned. The only thing that historians, Christians and non-Christian writers can agree about around the circumstances that occurred after Jesus' death is the fact of what is called the empty tomb. It is a key moment in the Gospels and the Easter story that women coming to the tomb of Jesus on the third day after his crucifixion found it empty. This is based on an oral tradition that precedes the writings of the Gospels and existed even before the earlier Pauline writings. The story of the empty tomb is found in all four Gospels, but beyond a basic outline, they agree on little. In Mark's Gospel, which is the earliest, the women who discover the tomb flee, telling no one, after meeting a young man who tells them that Jesus will meet the disciples in Galilee. Matthew's Gospel introduces Roman soldiers sent to guard the tomb, and in a curious repeated message, the women are told twice, by angels and then by Jesus, that they will meet the disciples in Galilee. Luke's Gospel changes Mark's one young man to two, adds the inspection of the tomb by Peter, but deletes the promise that Jesus would meet his disciples in Galilee. And John, the gospel that was written last, reduces the woman to the solitary Mary Magdalene and introduces the beloved disciple, thought to be John himself, who visits the tomb with Peter and is the first to understand its significance. Of course, despite these variations, they all might well be true anyway. The composition of the empty tomb story has been the subject of considerable debate. The earliest sources seem to admit it. There is an absence of any reference to the story of Jesus' empty tomb in the Pauline epistles and in the Easter Kerygma, that is, the preaching or the proclamation of the early church that is preserved in 1 Corinthians. The empty tomb first occurs in written record in the Gospel of Mark and the earliest and most reliable manuscripts of Mark end suddenly at chapter 16 verse 8 with the women fleeing in fear from the tomb the majority of recent scholars believe this to be the original ending supported by statements from the early church fathers Eusebius and Jerome however an overwhelming majority of manuscripts of the Gospel of Mark have the longer ending, possibly written in the early second century, with accounts of the resurrected Jesus, the commissioning of the disciples to proclaim the Gospel, and Christ's ascension. Most scholars believe that John wrote independently of Mark, unlike the Gospel of Matthew and Luke, and therefore the Gospel of Mark and the Gospel of John contain two independent attestations of an empty tomb. Schillerbex had argued provocatively in Jesus and Experiment in Christology, that we should not imagine that the belief of the disciples that Jesus had risen was caused by the empty tomb and the resurrection appearances. It was quite the opposite, he said. An eschatological bodily resurrection, theologically speaking, has nothing to do, however, with a corpse. Insistence on a bodily resurrection was, according to Schilibex merely a crude and naive realism of what appearances of Jesus meant. This crude and naive realism, however, was shared by the vast majority of the 1.6 Christian believers on the planet. His book was followed by a couple of articles where Schillebeck defends himself against criticism and tones down his radicalism. And in December 1979, he met with representatives of the congregation. However, due to international pressure, the momentum for a trial was ended. He continued to receive notifications from church authorities for his later writings, and his Christology was criticised by the then Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, whom Schillebecks had already known at Vatican II and who was later elected Pope Benedict XVI. It is certain that something incredible happened to the community that were cowering in Jerusalem, awaiting reprisals after Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. And in the Acts of the Apostles, Sometimes referred to as the second part of the Gospel of Luke, because of the same author, there is the story of an incredible transformation of individuals and groups. Luke, the author, moves backwards and forwards between these groups and these individuals to illustrate the way they were impacted by meeting the risen Christ, or by hearing the Gospel and experiencing the Holy Spirit. And Luke provides a continuous narrative about the growth and the development of this remarkable historical phenomenon, early Christianity, which he believed was the result of a divinely initiated social change. The book of Acts begins with the transformation of the apostles and a wider group of disciples associated with them. As they encounter the risen Lord Jesus, through teaching and many proofs, they are reconstituted from a fragmented group of fearful men and women to a group of expectant Jewish believers awaiting the return of Jesus himself. And when the Spirit comes as promised in Pentecost, they are given the power of prophetic utterance to proclaim the mighty works of God to an assembled multitude of Jews and proselytes from all over the Roman world. Peter in particular is highlighted as the spiritually transformed and empowered preacher who wins 3,000 converts for Christ. But it is not just their preaching but also their lifestyle. They met separately in houses while daily attending the temple prayers together. And in the face of persecution from fellow Jews their amazing cohesion in the face of this opposition, an extraordinary generosity towards one another, and the signs and the wonders done by the hands of the apostles lead many more to consider the claims of Jesus and join them. Schillabex was considerably influential at the Second Vatican Council. See the podcast of October the 11th. He was not officially a peritus, an official expert which allowed him more time to give talks to the bishops attending the council from all over the world and to explain to them the new theology or understanding that was arising within the council. And together with Shenou Congar, Karl Rahner and Hans Kung, he was involved in preparing the rise of the new journal, Concilium, which was officially founded in 1965. However, unlike Ratzinger, von Balthazar, see the podcast of June 26th, and Guardini, who would regret some of the liberal excesses after the council. Schilbeck's was comfortable with the direction the church was taking, and he taught at the Catholic University of Nijmegen until his retirement, and is the only theologian to be awarded the Dutch cultu- Cultural Prize, the Guden Gans en Via. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the poet Jarrett Manley Hopkins. This month we have passed 10,000 downloads so thank you to listeners from all over the world for your interest. Today we give a special thank you to our listeners in Chicago and in Dublin. Our archives can be found at www.pogp.net And if you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. Have a lovely day wherever you are and thanks for listening.